What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to bring you the top five most underrated players right now in rookie drafts. What I'm going to be doing in today's video is comparing my rookie rankings with the consensus market value via Keep Trade Cut. And basically what these guys represent is the biggest differences between my own rankings and the market value in today's video. And in Thursday's video, I'll be talking about the most overrated players in rookie drafts. So if you guys enjoy this video at any point, as always, go down to the bottom and hit the like button. Comment any of your thoughts down below and subscribe to the channel if you are new. We are trying to get to 10,000 subscribers before the NFL draft. We're about you know, 250 or so away. So if you haven't already done so, please hit the subscribe button. To get our full rankings plus tons more content, check out the Patreon. Link is in the description as well. And also make sure if you guys want our rankings as well, you can sign up and deposit using promo code FSE on Underdog Fantasy and you'll get our rankings for free as a free gift uh, for doing that as well. So without further ado, let's hit the intro. So if you skip the intro, the top five most underrated players in rookie drafts today, comparing market consensus from keep trade cut versus my own rookie rankings. I've watched about four to five games of all 22, about 36 prospects in this draft. I've graded about 36 prospects so far. I plan to have about 40 to 45 done by April 28th. So today I'm going to be going from five to one as the most underrated prospects in rookie drafts right now. And today's video is only going to focus on prospects going in the first two rounds of ADP. I will be doing a top five sleepers video on Saturday. So that'll be talking about the guys that are going outside the, you know, the top two rounds or so of ADP. But today is going to be only focused on underrated prospects within the top 24 overall players, according to market value. And the first guy that we're going to talk about number five, most underrated player. I have this guy four spots higher than consensus right now. Justin Ross wide receiver from Clemson. Uh, consensus 24th overall player. So just a fringe second round pick as it currently stands. He is my 20th overall player. So more so of a mid second round pick for me. Since Justin Ross didn't have a tail of the tape and the other four guys that I'm going to talk about did have tail of the tapes. I'm just going to give a quick backstory on Justin Ross. If you guys don't know who he is or don't remember who he is, big physical prototypical X receiver from Clemson, great hands, underrated uh, yards after catchability. The only problem with him and why he's going at 24th overall is that he didn't test very well. He ran a 464 at his uh, at his pro day. Uh, not the greatest, you know, agility times and all that kind of stuff. He's a bit raw and he also has a very lengthy injury history. Justin Ross, when you look back at his career, he had a very similar career trajectory to George Pickens from Georgia. And when we look at both of their careers, they both had very good freshman seasons. And I would say Justin Ross's was a transcendent freshman season at the time when in 2018, when Justin Ross was a freshman, we're thinking, you know, come the 2021 NFL draft, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, AJ Green level of prospect for that draft class. If he did a way too early mock draft uh, a couple of years ago, he would have been like the second pick in the draft with how he performed 2018, 1000 yards, nine touchdowns on only 75 targets while sharing the field with future NFL stars like T Higgins and Hunter Renfro and Travis Etienne and Amari Rogers at Clemson with Trevor Lawrence throwing him the football in 2018, Justin Ross led the country in yards per target with 13.4 was second in PFF receiving grade first in yards per route run with 4.98, which is an absolutely absurd number in 2019 coming off of his uh, successful freshman season. He had a solid year, but nothing crazy. He's still competing for work with T Higgins and Travis Etienne, 19.3% target share in 2019. His junior year was supposed to be the explosion, right? The, the year that we saw from Drake London this year before he got hurt, 
was once Amon Ross St. Brown, once Michael Pittman Jr. were finally in the, in the NFL, we saw Drake London have that explosion year. That's what we were expecting from Justin Ross in 2020. And the unfortunate thing is that he faced a career-threatening spinal surgery, and that put him out 18 months following his sophomore season in 2019. He didn't return to football. We didn't even think he was going to come back, period. But he didn't return to football until 2021 as a redshirt junior. He comes back and has another injury-riddled season, breaking his foot and having surgery on that this past offseason. DJ Uangale, who was his quarterback in 2021 with Trevor Lawrence gone to the NFL, ranked 106 out of 146 passers in the NCAA, even when Justin Ross was on the field this year. Just horrifically bad as a passer. Every uh, game that I watched from this season, you could tell DJ Uangale just is not a good quarterback. My thing with Justin Ross is that if we're going to play the game that we're playing with George Pickens. If he didn't get injured, what are we talking about production-wise? Why aren't we doing it with Justin Ross as well, who was better as a freshman than George Pickens, better as a sophomore than George Pickens, and had better NFL target competition on his team to compete for targets with? This draft class is not deep, so the fact that Justin Ross is going at pick 24 is easily worth that type of risk to me because there's only about 15, 16 players in this class that I feel comfortable drafting. And after that, there's like 20 names that you could throw into a hat and pick with like the 208 in your draft. And I wouldn't argue with you because this class is not very deep. The mid to late second round for me, for a guy like Justin Ross with the upside that he showed as a freshman and as a sophomore is worth that swing. The nice thing about Justin Ross, too, is that the draft capital where the NFL actually drafts this guy will tell us everything that we need to know. If he goes in the top 100 overall picks in the NFL draft, it means that a team is convinced that freshman Justin Ross and sophomore Justin Ross it still exists. It's the Cortland Sutton type of prospect that he looks like early in his career. And even if he goes early day three, he's worth a swing in the late second round, in my opinion, because it means that his medicals are cleared, the ankle injury, the spinal injury, all that stuff, teams are not concerned about it. If he goes in the third or the fourth round of the NFL draft. Now, the fourth guy, uh, my fourth most underrated prospect, according to uh, consensus, is Sam Howe, quarterback from the University of North Carolina. He is consensus the 17th overall player in Superflex drafts right now. He is my 12th overall player. And like I said before, the rest of these guys that I'm going to talk about have tail of the tapes. So if you guys want a more in-depth look on Sam Howell or any of the guys that I'm going to talk about in a second, go check out the tail of the tape playlist on the channel. But Howell is currently my quarterback one. If you guys haven't seen his tail of the tape, that was basically my conclusion from Sam Howell. Sam Howell has a great fantasy skill set. Everybody talks about Malik Willis's upside and his arm talent and his mobility, but we have Sam Howell, who was a 1,000-yard rusher this year. He was tough. He was competitive. He's smart. He graduated early from UNC. Great arm, registered the highest velocity on his throw at the combine, higher than Malik Willis. He's great at creating outside the pocket. He's solid under pressure. The problem with Sam Howell and the reason why he's my 12th overall player and the consensus 17th overall player is that he isn't getting a lot of first-round buzz. It doesn't sound like NFL teams are willing to spend a first round pick on him. And if he does go first round, he will end up a lot higher than my 12th overall player. But the reason that he's not getting a lot of first round buzz is because he had a down season this year with all of his dudes, all of his favorite targets, Deami Brown of the Washington football team, Michael Carter running back for the New York Jets, uh, running back for the Denver Broncos, Javante Williams and wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. Daz Newsome, they all went off to the NFL, leaving Sam Howell and uh, a makeshift offensive line. Um, to fend for themselves. And as a true sophomore, Sam Howell in 2020 at 19 years old had the best season any college quarterback in this draft class had. And that includes Kenny Pickett's year this year. That includes Desmond Ritter's year this year and Malik Willis's year this year. I think 2020 Sam Howell was the best single season any of the quarterbacks in this draft class had. And Howell is the only underclassman in this class as well. Among the top five quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, and uh, Kenny Pickett, 
Sam Howell is the only guy that is an early declare. He just graduated school early, which is why he was eligible for the senior bowl. He's not actually a senior. And typically early declares at quarterback is a positive thing as well. We don't want our quarterbacks to be five-year redshirt seniors like Kenny Pickett is. As long as Sam Howell goes in the top 50 overall draft picks in the NFL draft with a reasonable chance to get on the field and play. So even if he doesn't go in the first round, if he goes in the early second to Seattle or to Detroit or to Washington or to a team with a shaky starter or not a starter at all, he's going to be a guy that I consider at the one, two turn of my rookie drafts. The dream for me as a Sam Howell guy is 32 to the Detroit lions. That's where I want him to go or 34 to the Detroit lions, but ideally with that first round draft capital. So Sam Howell is a guy pending his draft capital who is going very, very, overlooked in rookie drafts right now people are you know under the impression that his his arm talent isn't going to translate his mobility isn't going to translate but the reality is there's not a lot of quarterbacks that can rush for a thousand yards even in college Jalen Hurts Kyler Murray Lamar Jackson Deshaun Watson Malik Willis this is the company that he's in they don't have you know random uh Baker Mayfield caliber rushers rushing for a thousand yards in college that is what Sam Howell can bring to the table. Now let's get on to the third most underrated prospect in this draft. And all of these guys are technically the same amount of spots ahead of consensus as each other three to one, but this guy is ranked the lowest of those guys. And the, the first guy is ranked the highest of those guys. So I went in that order. So David Bell, wide receiver from Purdue. He's the consensus 20th overall player in Superflex rookie drafts right now, my 14th overall player. And the concerns for David Bell are quite simple. He isn't a great athlete. Everybody knows this about David Bell right now. He tested like me after four to five bowls of soup and a mini keg. But what he is good at is playing wide receiver. There is literally zero correlation between elite athletes and 40 times at wide receiver. But there's a lot of correlation between target share and breakout age and separation ability, good film, hands, yards after catch, everything that David Bell brings to the table and he has to offer is a great profile and good film, which is what actually matters at wide receiver. Athleticism doesn't actually mean anything at this position. Nearly a 30% target share and over 100 receiving yards per game the last two seasons at Purdue. And that included with Rondell Moore being on the field for part of that time until he went off to the NFL in last year's draft. And this is what this kid did to rank teams this year while playing for Purdue. This is legitimate high-level competition. David Bell's game logs against Ohio State, 17 targets, 11 catches, 103 yards against Ohio State, 16 targets, 11 catches, 217 yards, and a touchdown against Michigan State. He also went, uh, you know, seven for 64 against Notre Dame, 11 for 240 and one against Iowa. This guy was averaging 13.75 targets, 10 catches, 156 yards, and half a touchdown per game versus high, high level ranked competition in college football with a Purdue Boilermakers quarterback throwing him the ball. I've seen people bring up the fact that David Bell has a low college yards per reception at 12.8, and that is a concern for sure, but they think the reason that he has this low yards per reception is because he went to Purdue, and all they had was David Bell, and they were force-feeding him the ball. But that only applies if you're getting screens and design touches all game long like Rondell Moore was and like LaVisca Chenault was at Colorado, David Bell just didn't generate a ton of explosive plays because that's not his game. The reason his yards per reception is low is because his route tree was mostly short chain moving type of plays. So he's catching a 10 yard out and getting the first down, which is 10 yards per reception, but he's not making a whole lot af uh, happen after the catch because he wasn't a downfield wide receiver. He's a possession receiver that could be a PPR monster for fantasy purposes. Would it be ideal if he was a great athlete and a three level threat? Of course, but that is why he's my wide receiver eight in this class and not my wide receiver one in this class or my wide receiver two in this class. If you're telling me that I can get a 21-year-old version of Jarvis Landry because Jarvis Landry tested even worse than David Bell in the mid-second round of my rookie drafts, I'm doing it. This is exactly how I felt about Amonra St. Brown last year, who obviously was a great pick if you picked him there. 
people were down on Amon Ross St. Brown because he doesn't have superstar upside. He doesn't have Jamar Chase upside or even in last year's class, Rondell Moore, Terrace Marshall upside that people were going to cling to. What he did have is great production. He was very, very good in college and he had great film. He just didn't have the superstar quality that people are always swinging for. Swinging for upside can get you into trouble if you're going to take upside over proven guys like David Bell. As long as David Bell goes in the top three rounds of the NFL draft, I'm going to be in on him at a, ahead of his current ADP of a mid to late second rounder. I'm going to be picking him at 14th overall, where I have him currently ranked early second round, um, early to mid at latest, if he goes in the third round of the NFL draft. Now, number two is another wide receiver. And number one is also a wide receiver. Sky Moore, six spots higher on consensus. I am than keep trade cut. They have him at 16th overall. I am at 10th overall. Western Michigan, Sky Moore, again, also had a tail of the tape if you want to check that out uh, for a more in-depth look at Sky Moore. But Sky Moore is currently my wide receiver seven, and he is my 10th overall player because he has a defined skill set that NFL teams are going to covet. He's going to be a locked and loaded top 50 pick in the NFL draft come April 28th. Keep trade cut has questionable quarterback prospects over him as it currently stands. And the tough thing about this draft class is that we're trying to, we have to try our best to say it is what it is. This quarterback class this running back class just isn't that good. We have to face reality. People are going to take outside of Malik Willis and maybe Sam Howell if he gets the draft capital, questionable quarterback prospects over much better prospects at wide receiver. The strength of this class is wide receivers. The quarterbacks, the running backs, the tight ends aren't good. Last year, we had no problems taking guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and others over potentially better prospects at running back and wide receiver because those quarterbacks were great prospects. These quarterbacks in this draft class are not great prospects. Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, um, you know, some of these dudes, they're not better quarterback prospects than Sky Moore is a wide receiver prospect. And we're going to make uh, an exclusive Patreon video after the draft telling you guys how exactly we would, we would be attacking your rookie draft at each draft slot and the overall strategy for 2022 rookie drafts in general. But specifically, here's a sneak peek. If you're on the board at 111, at 112, at 201, whatever the case is, and Kenny Pickett or Desmond Ritter get first round draft capital or early second round draft capital, and Sky Moore went in the early second round of the NFL draft as well, sell that idea of the lackluster quarterback prospect to your league mate that's worrying about filling out his starting lineup in May. Sell the idea that he needs a third quarterback or you don't need this quarterback because you already have three and just trade down and take the better prospect of Sky Moore, who I would take straight up over that quarterback. But because that quarterback has high positional value, you can sell that idea to your league mate. So simply on the fact that Sky Moore, he is underrated by the fact that people are forcing more important positions like running back and quarterback ahead of him who are far inferior prospects to what Sky Moore represents. We're talking about a locked and loaded Z or slot wide receiver at the next level. So I'll take the way safer bet and a solid ceiling in Sky Moore as opposed to the 5% chance that Desmond Ritter or Kenny Pickett becomes a QB1 in fantasy because I just don't think it's likely to happen. It's way more likely that Desmond Ritter and Kenny Pickett become Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold or a middling quarterback two who's only valuable because he's a starting quarterback, not because he's actually good or because he actually provides a whole lot of fantasy value for you in Dynasty. So as you guys can see, the reason I like Sky Moore so much is because he's a great prospect and he has great film. Success by route, according to Matt Harmon, who we're going to have, uh, we're actually recording with tonight. That video should be live for you on Wednesday. So tomorrow, Sky Moore is a guy that doesn't run a huge, you know, array of downfield routes. But when he did run routes, he was winning a lot of the time. 86th percentile success rate against man coverage, 97th percentile against zone coverage, 91st percentile against press. Take advantage of your league mates overvaluing bad quarterback and running back prospects and snag a guy like Samore at the end of the first 
early second round of your rookie drafts because he's going way underrated as it currently stands. Now, the number one most underrated prospect in rookie drafts is Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson. Consensus 14th overall player, according to Keep Trade Cut. He is my eighth overall player in start in uh, rookie drafts currently as it stands. The NFL is much more friendly to undersized number one wide receivers than they used to be. Jalen Waddell, Tyree Kill, Deontay Johnson, Elijah Moore are all in the top 15 of dynasty wide receivers right now, and they are undersized. And some of them are even smaller than uh, Jahan Dotson. Even Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, they're not the prototype six foot three, 220 pound number one. So we have more than half of the top 15 dynasty wide receivers right now that aren't six foot three, 220 pounds. You can be what's called a dynamic beta, according to our, our buddy, Ron Stewart, at the wide receiver position and still be a number one wide receiver. Jahan Dotson has a complete skill set. He's an elite separator, phenomenal hands, yards after catchability, downfield ability, versatility, toughness, production, probable first round draft capital. He has everything that you could ask for out of a wide receiver prospect. The only questions about him are his size, maybe how strong he is, and the fact that he's a senior. And according to Matt Harmon, 96th percentile win rate against zone coverage. That is an elite number. It's how he's going to succeed at the next level as a possession receiver, PPR monster, target hog that we love in fantasy football. 96th percentile is precisely the same win rate against zone coverage that Deontay Johnson had in 2020 before his breakout season this year. It's actually better than my comparison for Jahan Dotson, who is Elijah Moore, had coming out of the draft last year as well. Jahan Dotson is a perfect one-two turn pick for those of you guys that need to add some talent or to just scoop up some value to your dynasty rosters. And I am more than comfortable picking him as high as 106, 108, especially if he gets drafted to a team like Green Bay or Kansas City, which is about the range of the draft that we're expecting Jahan Dotson to go. I expect him to go in the first round of the NFL draft, either around pick 20 to 30, which is where both Kansas City and Green Bay pick. And they're both dream landing spots for Jahan Dotson. And it's not just because of their great quarterbacks, but because he also fits the role of what they lost, a high target uh, option like Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. So if you guys enjoyed this video at any point, as always, hit the like button, comment any of your thoughts down below, comment down below who you believe is the most underrated prospect coming into rookie drafts before the NFL draft and make sure to hit the subscribe button as well. Like I said, check out the Patreon if you want tons more dynasty and rookie content and make sure to check out our sponsors over at underdog fantasy right now we have a promotion going that you can deposit using our code fse which you guys can see on the screen right now and for using our code you'll get our dynasty rankings manifesto to prepare you for your rookie drafts and for your dynasty startups that you might be doing this off season for free as a thank you for using our code you'll get access to our dynasty rankings manifesto for the entire season just for doing that so if you haven't already done so check those out peace out guys i'll talk to you soon